Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Stafford empty out of the gun. He's got it back. Looks, looks, pumps one, steps up, looks, throws, and yes! Yes! down the Detroit Lions. TJ Hawkins, yes! they did it. They've tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? Mayfield back to pass. Looks, going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Sidearm pass intercepted. It's Dan Sorensen. A pick six. Dan Sorensen. Dirty Dan Sorensen. Snap to Wilson. Quick throw over the middle. Picked off. It's intercepted at the 40 yard line. Isaiah Simmons has it. Ball is down. Kick from Gonzalez is up. It looks good. It is good. The Cardinals win it. Well, there's a lot of highlights from a crazy Sunday in the NFL. The Cardinals. We'll start there with the last highlight, I guess. Yes. Yes! Yes! <laughs> uh, yes! Back from the dead. Yes! Down 10, 34-24. How'd they get that thing to overtime? And then get the interception for one of the game's best quarterbacks. They kicked the field goal and win it. Yes! <laughs> I, you know, I've been saving for a long time because they're, they're your Super Bowl pick and they were the last undefeated team in the NFC. Pittsburgh's the last undefeated team in the NFL now after beating the previous undefeated Titans, and the Seahawks go down. I thought their defense was going to sink them at some point because it's just not very good. Actually, Ian was Ian Furness, our old boss, was tweeting about that. But a little surprising that the offense contributed to the problems there with the late pick. Uh, Nick Saban made a comment last week, and as pertains to college football, but I don't know how it, it's a complete and total carryover to, to the pros. But he's talking about you win games these days with offense. And the evolution of offense really has just uh, taken over the game. It's one of the reasons why the NFL obviously is the most popular sport that we have because there is a lot of offense. And so you've got to be good on offense, and then you have to make sure you don't make mistakes. And Russell Wilson uncharacteristically threw a couple of floaties that didn't have any zip on them that got picked. It was uh, very much a surprise in that way. And the Cardinals took advantage. Yeah, I thought there was no way they were going to win. Watching that game, flicking back and forth early between them and the uh, World Series, thinking, all right, this is Seattle's game. Easily. Seattle's not only going to win it, but Seattle's going to go three up on the division and basically clinch it without clinching it. And nevertheless, it did not happen. It was a miraculous effort by the Cardinals coming up with the rookie gets the interception in overtime. And Cliff Kingsbury's tripping all over himself earlier in the overtime. I'm watching that game saying, Cliff, what in the world are you doing, man? I mean, this is no, these kicks are not guaranteed. Even going Gonzalez, former Sun Devil, is pretty good. You're going to leave Russell Wilson plenty of time. What are you doing? And then sure enough, he gets bailed out. And Gonzalez gets, bails out, gets bailed out. And it really capped just a phenomenal, phenomenal sports weekend. One of the better ones that we have had. Daniel Sorensen, the former Cougar, had a week. Monday, that one-handed interception 
against the Bills, and then the pick six in Denver. Talk about a floaty. That thing was floated out to the sideline. He was, just, he was looking at that thing, and, oh, they just teed that up for me. I, I get it wasn't special teams, but it was teed up for him. Nice slide at the end and celebration. Too bad it wasn't, you know, a packed house and all that, but it was still nice. Well, it would have been on the road anyway. Yeah. It was in Denver, but, uh, yeah, at that point I had turned that game off. Seen enough. Grateful that I have my NFL ticket this week and was able to go on to games that were far more competitive. Did you get to that uh, Cleveland-Cincinnati game, the game that would have never, ever been chosen on the face of it, but that turned out to be the most entertaining game. There's one punt in the whole game. The last five possessions were all touchdowns. And five five lead changes in the fourth quarter and the game winner with 11 seconds left. Yeah, I think the Cardinals-Seahawks game was the most entertaining. But, yeah, I did watch Well, I, in the afternoon time slot, when, uh, you, when you would have turned the channel to go watch. Uh, Joe Burrow, they're not winning, but, you know, in the number one pick, you got it for a reason. It's because you stink most of the time, rather than unless you get it for a trade. Uh, so I don't expect a lot of victories out of the Bengals. But, again, I continue to be impressed with Joe Burrow. He looked very, very good. And if you tack on four rookie, if you put that clause in there, then it even elevates it even more. 400 yards passing for Joe Burrow. Then he had uh, three touchdown passes. He ran for a fourth score. And after that 11 seconds, if you stuck around, they had a Hail Mary. <laughs> and that ball, I mean, the defense has had a terrible day, obviously. But that ball got deflected from, like, the two-yard line into the end zone and then batted down. That was freakishly close to winning the game. I agree. A weird play of the day. Only the Atlanta Falcons could accidentally score a touchdown they didn't want to and have it end up costing them the game. Congratulations, Atlanta. You amazed us. We don't expect much, and you you still amazed us. Yeah, it was a complete and total Penn State deal. The Penn State kid against uh, Indiana did the same exact thing, went to score uh, when it was obvious that the Indiana – defense is going to let him score, and then he tries to sneak his way back out of the end zone. Like, I didn't go in there. Did we get in there? No, I didn't get in there. Tries to walk back. It was was funny. Detroit was out of timeouts. Atlanta was at the 10-yard line. They should have just run that thing down and kicked the field goal, but the Lions, two big completions in the last 20 seconds to get from the 40-yard line into the end zone and kick the PAT and win the game. Uh, plenty more games there. Who else? Uh, who else impressed you or didn't? Uh, maybe Cam Newton with the three picks and getting pulled. That was. Uh, I didn't think the the Patriots are going to be real good, but that was real bad. That was bad. Yeah, absolutely. That was bad. Uh, I think Justin Herbert continues to look good. His athleticism, which is not a surprise to us if you followed him, even though he's a bigger kid, he looks great. I'm starting to wonder if that doctor did that thing on purpose to Tyrod Taylor. So take the pressure off of Lynn. But, I mean, obviously, Herbert's your guy, man. This kid is looking sensational. I mean, I realize it was only the Jaguars, but he's looked better and better each week. And then the Cowboys, that Boston kid on Dalton was an absolute disgrace. He should be suspended for the rest of the year. I can't believe I actually saw that play. And, of course, Dalton was going to get concussed. If I was Dalton, I'd bring a lawsuit against that kid. That was just completely and totally unacceptable. 25-3, to Washington and Dallas now 2-5, and and the Eagles now 2-4-1, and leading the division. And it's on in the NFC East. But you're right, that was a brutal play. Just brutal. Uh, Tom Brady got it going. Now, that was Tom Brady. That was best-case Tom Brady. And including one of the touchdown passes he threw to the back left corner of the end zone, that didn't look like a guy who lost any arm strength. Well, yeah, but that's uh, 
that wasn't a long throw. You're talking about the one to Gronk? Uh, no, no, it wasn't to Gronk. It was to... Uh, Godwin? Yes, one. I think it was the Godwin touchdown. And they were probably at about the 30-yard line, and he threw it to the back of the end zone. Yeah, it was yeah, dagging yeah. across the field. I mean, he wasn't airing it out 60 yards, but it was still a pretty deep throw, and it was on the money. He threw for 369 yards and four scores. All right, uh, Monday Night Football, Chicago Bears, 5-1. and one. Los Angeles Rams, 4-2. and two. The Rams trying to pick up a game on, the, on uh, Seattle now that they know the Seahawks lost. So it's early in the year, but that's a pretty good matchup, and those are pretty good stakes. The Bears are uh, trying to keep pace with the uh, – or trying to stay in front of. The Packers are both on one loss. The uh, Packers picked up a win effortlessly over uh, – over Houston, Jamal Williams ran for 114 yards, scored a touchdown, and uh, Aaron Rodgers was fl- throwing it all over the place. Ran for 77, though. Ran for 77, total. 114 with the receiving yeah. yards added in, right? So that's a good game tonight. Uh, also, your guy, Bruce Arians, you got to own him from his days in Arizona. Uh, he tells reporters as far as signing Antonio Brown, who's been suspended multiple times and been through multiple teams. He's matured, and I believe in second chances. No oh, bull crap, Bruce. He's a player. Second chances? Yeah, with the uh, emphasis on the S at the end of second chances. He's had far a, a second chance. So once you can only get a second chance, and then, then it becomes, becomes the third, second chances. The third or the fourth chance. Yeah, I mean, all the stuff that he's done, but he's a, he's a talent. I mean, give me a break. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. BYU gets lined up as fast as they can. Four, Wilson going deep. Wilson toward the end zone, and it is caught! Mill touchdown! Take a bow. Oh, my goodness. Third and 16, McBride standing in. Where can he go with the football? McBride heaves it and intercepted. Here come the Cougars. Kafusi inside the 10. Cuts back in. What a run. Touchdown. Oh, my goodness. What a run. So, Texas State blown away in the first half. BYU wins 52-14. The Isaiah Kafusi pick in the last segment you just heard from Isaiah Kafusi and Kalani Sataki. Another effortless win as the Cougars move to 6-0. Now 10th in the coaches poll, 11th in the media poll. And PK, I don't really know what we learned from that game. We expected them to win easily. They won easily. It was 35-7 at the half. So on to Western Kentucky, which really ought to be the same deal. Yeah, I think we learned, though, Texas State's the best 1-6 and six team in the country. You like that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're sleepwalking through this portion of the schedule. Get me to Boise. I suppose the uh, if Texas State is the best 1-6 and six team in the country, then uh, what is Western Kentucky? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you the first thing about them <laughs> outside the Hilltoppers. There's no point in analyzing this game whatsoever. You just hope nobody gets injured, and you move on, and then you set up the big-time showdown next week. With Boise State. And speaking of the Broncos. Hashtag Utah State. 
Inside handoff to Warren, into the end zone, touchdown Utah State, first score of the season, and it comes courtesy of Jalen Warren, who earned all of that drive for the Aggies. Two receivers to the near, tight formation for the Aggies, third and goal from the two at Boise State. Handoff to Warren, Warren bounces through one, but is stopped at the one. No, he's keeping running, can he get in? Yes, he was stopped at the one, kept the legs turning. It's spun into the end zone, and the Aggies have got two touchdowns in the last two possessions and turned this into a two-possession game. Scotty G on the call as Utah State goes to Boise State, falls by 28-0 at the half. You hear those two quick touchdowns with the help of the self-blocked punt, and then Boise State scored too late in 142-13. So, the question, PK, how much of that game do you think is the Aggies have a problem, and how much of that game is the Aggies' problem is Boise State's really good, which, of course, is what BYU fans want to know because they're playing the Broncos a week from Friday. Well, we can get an analysis from Gary Anderson later this morning because, obviously, he has been coaching and scouting against Boise State for many, many times over the years. As I said last night on television, Boise State isn't really competing in the Mountain West. Boise State is always competing against its own legacy. And how does this team compare to some of the great teams, and not better teams, some of the great teams that Boise has had? And so far, obviously, it looks like they can be in that same ballpark because they have some highly skilled talent at quarterback, running back, and receiver. Uh, but as far as Utah State goes, it was just thoroughly disappointed into it with their throw game as Kyle Whittingham would call it. It was just abysmal. They've got to get better. I was impressed with Jalen Warren. Uh, defensively, obviously, they've got some issues there. Uh, so, uh, and it doesn't get it. Uh, maybe it gets a little easier. And the cliche is it doesn't get any easier, but you probably played the best team in the conference. So, by definition, it should get easier. So Air Force uh, is Boise State's next opponent, and it'll be curious to see how much of a read we get on that. With Air Force losing to San Jose and Air Force not at full strength, Scotty G was giving me a list of the guys that were out. It was massive. Um, I don't know that we're going to get a better read on Boise State. It'll be interesting to see what Gary tells us at 9.30. You know, usually you expect that second game to give you a better read. We'll have to see when we get there. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Well, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a great game. If that's what you're getting at, it doesn't matter. I don't need a better read on Boise State. That's BYU's best opponent to date, and I'm not going to downgrade it. I'm not. We're two weeks away, and I'm not going to downgrade Boise State if BYU should happen to win. Utah State's getting ready for San Diego State at Maverick Stadium. Uh, I think, well, well, first off, I just think the fact that you uh, dialed into the game when there was so much else going on uh, is probably more than most people did. But I think that the people who did do what you did came away the exact same read uh, with Utah State getting ready for San Diego State. Hard to tell how good they were because UNLV looked inept. Well, UNLV continually sucks. I mean, it's a new coach. It's a new beginning. Well, until you get new players. <laughs> I mean, you can have Cardinals Arroyo coaching there, and I realize it's all oh, the new guys, the Oregon OC, and they're trying to pump it up because that's what the announcers do. They've got to make sure that they make the other team sound good so you'd be interested in watching it. But they were just pathetic. And Sanders State looked like the same Sanders State team that I've seen the last few years. Uh, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Baker threw the ball. 25 times is a lot if you go back to the 70s maybe, but uh, it's not that much today. And they, they, they won with the same – the point is they've won with the same formula. Rocky Long ought to get that victory added to his uh, victory total. He's not the coach there anymore. But they look like they're going to be a decent team, and for the Cougars that's going to be a decent test at the end of the season.
San Diego State led 27-0 and had 300 yards of offense at halftime. That thing was over, and you could move on to the next thing. So it'll be the Aztecs and the Aggies coming up Saturday night uh, for Utah State's home opener. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Penix looks, takes the snap, looks over the middle, sucking guesses, fires, throws, Ty Freifogel, does he make the catch in the end zone? Yes! Touchdown! And Ty Freifogel ties this football game, or will, if the kick is made. Wap Billiar was the guy who made the grab. Was it? It was Wap. I thought it was Freifogel. I saw him spin out there, and I thought I saw three. Freifogel said, here's the snap back. Penix looks. He runs with it. Looks, looks to the end zone. Now he tries to run it. He tried to dive for nope, the end zone. In. And I don't think he got in. And wait a second. Oh, they say he did. They say he did. Indiana beats Penn State, the shocker of the day, 36-35 in overtime. The disputed two-point conversion. Do you think he got in, PK? Or do you think he was out? Well, I think it goes to the ruling of that you have to have conclusive evidence to overturn something that you see out on the field. And since they ruled it good, I think maybe they got caught up in the moment, the referees. It looked like it possibly was out, so it go back to the conclusive thing. But I watched a good portion of that game, and it was a fun game, absolutely fun game. Penn State, I put that on coaching, man. They go for it, Indiana goes for it at the end there, and fourth down, they don't get it. And what's obvious, everybody knows, okay, they're going to let them score because they're only down by eight. So get the ball, drive down the field, get the two-point conversion, and away you go. And the Penn State back runs it, and no one's near them. They purposely just let them go. He should have gone down. You, you should have gone over that 5,000 times before you took the field. Penn State's got a loss, and now they got to play Ohio State. So it could be over before it starts for Penn State as far as the playoff and all that. Uh, Michigan looked good. They just rolled Minnesota. That was uh, They put 49 up on the board. Minnesota's coming off a good year, 11-2. and two, But Michigan took it to them. That was a good win for the Wolverines to start yeah. things off. Any other games? Uh, Oklahoma State stayed undefeated. We're all wondering if the Big 12 is going to be able to get a team in the playoff, and they are the last undefeated. A bunch of the one-loss teams were taking losses in the Big 12, so everybody's sitting on two. Oklahoma State is the hope for the league. Yeah, that was a good win for them, no question about it. Hard fought with uh, Iowa State, and uh, we'll see what they can do, speaking of the Cowboys, but that was was an impressive win. Oklahoma's already got a couple losses. I mean, they had a nice, impressive win over TCU, but as far as the playoff, it doesn't seem like it matters. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. So the NBA reportedly looking at a uh, Christmas Day-ish start, maybe a little pre-Christmas Day, getting a few games, but basically they want to make sure they play that big game and the TV networks can give them money for playing those five big games on Christmas Day, have that big day. Uh, reduce schedule, 72 games, keep the play-in tournament. Uh, compress the schedule a little bit with no All-Star game, no All-Star weekend. I'm fine. More games that week, less uh, pomp and circumstance and goofiness. And get done in time for the Summer Olympics. And I was thinking about this, PK. Okay, yes, the NBA profits from the Summer Olympics because it, it, it spreads the sport around the world. But I'm wondering how much... Well, first off, I'm wondering if the Olympics are going to happen. And then I wonder how much of this is, hey, some of our sponsors are some of the Olympic sponsors, so how much of this is business? And then the other thing is, 
maybe they don't want to go quite so deep into the summer and slide back to the traditional schedule. So by shortening this up, they can start the next season earlier. And if not get back to the old schedule, get pretty close to it. Oh, I think it's the latter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think that uh, the ratings would indicate that it wasn't much of a success. Uh, I, I know the sympathizers want to make excuses, but, uh, you know, they don't they don't make excuses the other way when the ratings are great. They just say, look at it, man. It's so, so popular. It's the world's most popular sport behind soccer, blah, 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 blah. So they want to pump it up. Well, fine, if you want to do that. And then when the ratings aren't nearly as good, you got to take the hit, too. And they clearly they weren't for whatever reasons. And we don't need to get into all that stuff right now. And I'm sort of tired of it anyway. But uh, I think they need to get back to that schedule. So, yeah, I didn't think that 2021 was going to be an 82-game schedule starting in October. Obviously, the season would start this week. So try to do what you can. 72 games, I'm fine with it. Start on Christmas Day or, or a couple days earlier is even better. And get in those games, get into the postseason, get back to your traditional calendar. Hopefully the Olympics are played. I don't personally care if they're played, but a lot of people want them to be played. So play them. And then we'll see you again next October. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Okay, a couple stories. Number one, I was wondering if this was ever going to happen. It seems like it's taking like three years to play out. But here it is, finally, Arizona. Notice of allegations. Uh, We don't know all the details. Uh, There are all kinds of stories coming out that it's really bad for the Arizona coaching staff. Finally, PK, we've been waiting for this forever. Well, unless Sean Miller is replaced, then it's not really bad for the Arizona coaching staff. Right. But apparently the allegations are going to lead to Sean Miller. I guess we'll have to find out because we still don't fully know what they all oh, are. I mean, uh, they, they, the, U of U, the U of A knows, and they haven't replaced them. You, uh, also, the West Coast Conference, multiple reports that they're considering a bubble environment in Las Vegas for their conference games. The league expected to make the announcement in the next couple of weeks, according to John Rothstein. So... I guess with all the classes online, uh, you can go to Vegas and play basketball and do all your classes online. It'll be weird, but if it helps them get the season in. Well, if there's no NCAA tournament, then what's the difference? DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. One and two to Peterson. Now the pitch. And there's a fly ball to center field. That's well hit. Way back and gone. A home run. Jock Peterson, his second home run of the postseason. And the Dodgers take a three to nothing lead. Three balls, two strikes. A pitch to Muncie. And there's a fly ball to right. Max Muncie has left the yard in a very big way. And the Dodgers take a four to two lead. And the Dodgers win Game 5, 4-2. Strong start from Clayton Kershaw. Gives up two runs in five and two-third innings. The bullpen comes on, seals the deal. They win the game. And there was some cool stuff in that game. We can get into a PK, but the game of the weekend was Saturday night. I don't know how you top that. You can't possibly top that. Nobody would believe that if you wrote a script like that. That was a crazy, crazy entertaining game. It really was, man. It's what why I love baseball as much as I do. There's no clock. You're only playing against each other. you got 27 of them, and it's not over until the 27th is secured, and it wasn't secured in a phenomenal way. I mean, we make a big deal about Daniel Jones. I didn't think Daniel Jones tripping was that big of a deal because then Rosarina fell too. Same situation. 
uh, and and the Dodgers didn't know it, and they botched a couple of throws, and we know what happened there. But it's just absolutely incredible. As a, a friend of mine texted me, what's not to love about baseball? You had two boots and a trip, and it leads to the winning run. <laughs> Game six, tomorrow night, the Dodgers trying to close it out, up three games to two. Is there a party that wants to see Tampa Bay win that game so we get a game seven? Well, I think and then the Dodgers anyway. get get a lead in game seven, and Kershaw's got to come in in relief. Like so many pitchers, he'll have two days off. Can he give him one inning? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily go one inning. I would see what the situation is. But, yeah, I think Tampa Bay with the pitching situation – would be favored tomorrow night. And so I'm expecting them to win. So that scenario that you see there that you just mentioned, I don't know about Kershaw coming in, but as far as the Game 7, would actually surprise me if it didn't happen. And it would be Bueller in Game 7, which you give the Dodgers a better shot. Yeah. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Well, PK, we always talk about three-point shooting in the NBA. You know, you say a guy had a good game, well, it means he shot the ball well. Well, that's the only thing to give him points for. You can do all the other stuff right, but you don't get points for it. And RSL dominated the game, but couldn't put a shot in the back of the net. 24-8 to eight in shots, uh, they outshot him and hit the frame three times, and none of that matters. Scoreless game, they only get one point when they needed three. Mathematically, they're still alive in the playoff race, but realistically, that one hurt a lot. They're at San Jose Wednesday night. Yeah, the frustration level has got to be extremely high there. Yes, I would think the frustration level is extremely high. They did everything right and just didn't yeah. score a goal when they should have, would have, could Actually, it is. It is. And and the thing is, you could feel it because two of the they hit the frame twice early. The best chance was the first one, and it was like in the sixth minute, seventh minute, sixth minute, I think. And they had another one about the half hour mark. So even at the 40 minute mark, I look at the clock and think, boy, you can feel this coming. You know, maybe somebody will score. And they had more chances. And, and they did put some of them on frame, and, and the opposing goalkeeper, Maurer, made a couple of great saves, but, well, good saves. I don't know if they were great, but they were still good saves. So one point, and on to San Jose now. DJ and PK, that is what is trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, we told you Gary Anderson, Utah State coach. He'll join us at 930. Also, Utah media availability today at 830. We're expecting Kyle Whittingham. Have you seen the rest of the list? Solomon Enos, wide receiver maybe? Yeah, Freddie Whittingham, tight ends coach. Also, Cole Fotheringham and Brent Keithy also available. All right, we'll hear from the Utes coming up about 830. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.